don't lose your hope, don't lose your joy, and don't lose your praise. Amen. A few years ago, I traveled and I met a sister, a Christian sister, that I hadn't seen for a while. We're colleagues in the same fellowship when we are at the university. And she had taken to alcoholism. And I asked her, why or how did you find yourself in this state? We all started in the faith, trusting God to carry us through, enjoying the life, the eternal life, and finishing well, so we so desired. Now here was my sister. She was now attending wild parties, taken to alcoholism. And she said to me, all my siblings, who also were with me in the faith, their marriage life is all messed up. None of them, they, they all been to tertiary university and all of that, born out of a very professional family. And at a certain time, life looks so glorious, prospective. But as she looked back 20 years or so behind, in spite of all the time they gave to the kingdom, served in the house of God, and, and gave all they thought they had, things hadn't gone the way she expected. And some of the promises that she reads or she had read from the Bible, and people claimed and, and, and pronounced, she did not see as real. I tried to reconnect her to the Lord and said what I could say and prayed with her and even got a pastor to help. But as I speak, she's not fully formed. There was a guy that was a Muslim friend of mine who became a Christian. He rose up, he was a prayer warrior and everything. He became a pastor. He went into missions, preached Planted ministries and all kind of stuff. Fifteen, twenty years down the line, I spoke to another pastor friend that we were all friends together. I said, what's happening to this guy? And he said, the guy said, God has disappointed him. So he has quit the faith. The race is not for the sure. It's not for the swift, but for the sure. Not of him that will it, but will not run it. God that shows mercy. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I pray, O oh God, that you give me your word. That will strengthen your people. That will give us clarity and knows you more. And love you more. And serve you more. That will be more fruitful. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. This morning I want us to share a few thoughts.
on activating the blessings of God. I believe many lives have been ruined. Many preachers have been disappointed. Many Christians have lost their track because they did not understand this subject of activating the blessings of God. Because when we were not even believers, we knew about the blessing. We heard about a blessing from our own perspective. And as Christians, if we don't understand how God's blessing is activated, you can go around the same way that these two friends of mine have gone through. You can be in the church and be a prayer warrior, a leader, even a pastor. And somewhere along the line, because of your lack of understanding, your faith can be shipwrecked. Because you haven't understood the principles that helps you and I to activate God's blessing. Amen. Because you read a, a book like Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 3. And it says that God, blessed be God, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We read that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. We read that we reign and rule with Christ. Yet sometimes you come to the ground and you see situations that it looks as if the enemy or the situation around you, people that you perceive in your eyes as weaklings or ought not to be ahead one way or the other seem to be ahead and it's the enemy says that where is your God? Where are the promises that you when you were born again you, you were so proud of? And sometimes the enemy takes advantage because some way somehow you, you, we, we, we have not fully covered ground in how to access that which is rightfully ours and wait for God's timing in certain areas. So I said, Lord, how do I understand? How do I apply this? I read these promises. I read that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I read in the same Ephesians chapter 1. It says, what is exceeding, verse 9, it says, what is exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And I believe that every demon, every power is under me. And I go out there and sometimes you meet situations that make you question, are, they, are, are things really under you? Because some of the battles you are facing, well, you, you just suppose it with what you are reading in Verse 19, it looks, it, it, you, if your faith is not firm and grounded, you can be confused. And I believe I have a witness here. There are people that you've been in the faith for so long, and from time to time, you'll take on the promise, and you say, ah, is it true? There are times.
times, even we as ministers, preachers, there are many bishops, many pastors, many brethren in the world. Say, ah, where is the God of our fathers? The same God. Especially when you hear somebody's testimony and you ask yourself, where is my faith? What's wrong with me, oh God? I met a friend, a pastor friend, who is a rural pastor. Not, not a real rural pastor, but in a town outside Accra, just during this week. He's like a spiritual somebody that I'm helping, raising. And he gave me a beautiful testimony. He said, Pastor, I went to the hospital. One of my members was almost dead. They told us she had gone. They thought they were about to write her off. She was not moving in the hospital. And the scripture said, we should pray when anybody is sick. And I said, when I entered a place, I went with all my team leaders, my, my leaders, young boys and girls, who decided to call upon the Lord. And said, the Holy Spirit said to him, call, the, I think the name of the lady was Lamisi, or something like that. said, Lamisi, come forth. He shouted that three times because he saw in the spirit the soul, the spirit of the lady had left the hospital bed and was going towards the door. And he just cried three times. And then, as they were there, before his very eyes, he saw for the first time the body, as if when they put the, ox, the pump on people's heart, jump, three, jump, start, boop, boop, boop. And she started coughing, coughing, coughing. She came alive. Hallelujah. And he was all excited. And I praise God for that. But sometimes, somebody, pastor also, who feels very anointed, also goes to that same kind of hospital bed and does this. And he doesn't seem to see that same glory. And if you are not careful, you'll be frustrated. But today, I want you to be encouraged. Hallelujah. The word of God is still the word of God. Don't give up on God because you haven't fully seen the glory. Amen. The word of God will not change. He says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? The mighty power of God is still around. Amen. And as I began to search the scriptures, I thought about this, Lord. How can I activate, how can I access the promises are there within the grace given? One of the things that came to mind, the Lord gave me an understanding. said, you see, when you go to a bank, one of the things that is clear to me, when you read Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it says, when you call upon God, He will show you hidden things. Mysterious thing. He'll give you explanations. And he'll direct you. Then I began to say, but we all pray. When we are troubled, we all pray. Then the Lord said, look. All of you pray. The promises of our prayer are true. But the scenario is like this. When you want to access the treasures of a bank, you know banks, we are different kind of accounts. 
And we, people go to the bank for different reasons. You go to heaven for different reasons. You can go to a bank for your savings account. You can go to bank to draw on your cash point. You can also go to bank to withdraw your, your will or a, a personal indenture or document you are put there. You can also go to bank to withdraw your gold reserves. That's what the scripture means in Jeremiah 33. That's talking about God revealing deep things. So, ah, but God said he will give us the promises. I'm blessed. And if I call, you, you give me say, no, when you go to the bank, you need to be led to what, where, which part, of, which access of the riches you are looking for. So, prayer, there is prayer and there is prayer. Yes, one way of accessing the promise of God is through prayer. Effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails man. That is true. But he said, look, do you know that you can go to the bank to do different, from different even though you may be an account holder of the gold reserve, you, it's your name that is there, but you went to the bank today just to draw cash point, 200 Ghana. And you were okay with it. Somebody went there to draw his indenture. Somebody went there to say that bank manager, I have access, and the processes for drawing the gold reserves are not the same as the processes for drawing a cash point. Money. So I said, Lord, how do you, I draw, I want the cash, I don't want cash point. I want to draw on the gold reserves. I want to draw on the spiritual gold reserves. I want to draw on the physical gold reserves. I want to draw on the mental, intellectual gold reserves. Because there are riches of his glory hidden. Which are on earth through prayer. See, in Ghana, for many years, we look for oil. The oil didn't come because we prayed in 2006 or 7. The oil had always been there, but we did not have superior mechanism, machines, equipment that Cosmos and EO Group brought together. But by investment and by intellectual understanding, a superior knowledge, a superior understanding of geology and engineering and access to the wells which have always been there, they were able to draw the oil. The oil had always been there from the beginning of creation. God had put it there for Ghana. But the, the deep, the scripture says, deep calls and deep answers. Beloved, accessing the promises of God in prayer cannot come or do not come just because you said the Lord's prayer. After saying that promise of God in prayer, I believe is beyond some of the shallow waters fishing that we do. And if we want to encounter God and understand Him, I'm challenging you, my brother, my sister. We pray, and let us pray. Prayers that are consciously prayed. Not rudimentary routine. And like I said the other day, last um, Wednesday, you see, when it comes to warfare and all these things, overcoming the enemy, one of the things I've realized is that the prayers we pray on the spot are not often not the real thing. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 days, praying before the enemy came. 
on the spell of the, in the moment of the trial, if the reserves are not there, see that investment that EO Group brought, they had some, some inventor had worked on it many years before. It was not when Ghana needed oil that they brought. No, 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 no. That knowledge, that investment, that amount, that equipment that they brought, that was able to go to the deep waters of the third three points area, they had, some people had worked on it 10, 20, 30 years before. It was not in 2007 that thing was prepared. When we talk about unearthing and accessing the promises of God, this sort of ad hocism, short term, just instant thing, breaking kind type of response to God, we have to be looking at it again. Hallelujah. Yes, we can access the promise of God through prayer. But if we want to really access the deep reserves of God through prayer, it ought to be done well in advance. We need to do prayer advance. Prayer advance. Get the time that the issue hasn't come. We are on our knees. Our our bellies are crying. If we want to stand strong, sometimes when I go through certain temptations, certain trials, I know it is prayers we have prayed many years. It may be the bamboos or great hall or somewhere. I know, I just know that some prayers people have prayed and we have prayed over a certain years. The reserves, and it is true, the scriptures. In the book of Revelation, our prayers are poured out like incense. Through prayer, when you look at Ephesians 1, verse 16 to 18, you understand what I'm talking about. Paul said, when I heard about your faith, for you to unearth the riches of, your glo- of his glory in Christ Jesus, then I pray certain prayers for you. I pray and I say, I seek not to give thanks for you, making mention of you, mention of you in my prayers. That's the beginning. So, yes, you need to understand spiritual things. I need to get a blessing. But how do I get a blessing? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. So that is the kind of deep prayer. Getting into it and preparing for that. Verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling. To, to get a, a heavenly-minded perspective, n- rather than a short-term view. Those investments we're doing in other places, may, many of them were short-term. They were not really like we were committed. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So we didn't focus on it. But look at, you see, after this, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So verse 19, he says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power? It is that kind of prayer that manifests the, 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 the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord. For it to descend from heaven to me and to you, there is a certain direction of prayer that has to be prayed. For the thing to come, it's always been there. The, the spiritual understanding, the, all the, the gifts and all this, ability, I want to work the works of God. I want to be strong in the Lord. I want to win souls. All of those things, for it to materialize in you, brother A, or sister Y, it's not going to depend on the investment you make today against the tomorrow. 
It's not about when we say you are, we are ripped out, we're going to have a convention and the preacher tells them, to, I, I, I want to go to the field, I'm ready. No. The hearts that God is looking for, they are, ready, they are getting ready now. They are preparing now. So when the preacher comes and says, I want missionaries, I want people to be on the field, then you fall in. You are already ready. The scripture says, the eye of the Lord is moving to and fro across the nation, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are applied towards him. So the preparation of the heart in prayer is done in advance. Prayer advance. Not when the situation is on, on the spur of a moment, we scream, we shout, we break, we, bru- we do all the things. And you often, it leads to just frustration. We become like the prophets of Baal. But before Elisha got there in Kings, everything had been sorted out between him and God. Two chapters or so before, he and God had sorted out the issues. Hallelujah. How do I activate the blessing of God? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. says, that ye be not slothful. So if you want to activate the blessing of God, laziness is not the way to go. Being slow, being laid back, not being involved, is not the way to go. Under the guise of being strategic, it's not the way to go. When you bring, and you for you cannot experience the promise of God if you are, la- you are lazy. Lazy in studying the word. Lazy in church. Lazy in, in doing good. Lazy at everything. Say, so don't be soft. That's a caveat there. But be followers of them who through faith and patience. Number one, you've got to identify those who are enjoying the promises. If you don't have eyes to see those who are making it, and you are looking at the wrong people, already you are disqualified. If your role models in life, the people that you look up to, the way you see things, you see life, as the ideal person who you think is enjoying, you've made it, you, you, you've missed it. That's even the preliminaries. And then here we have finals. Now it says, who to, the, the means by which those people achieve their promise is this, it says, by faith. By faith. Faith, evidence of things not seen. Having hope, having, having a persuasion, a conviction that whether rain or shine, you see, the Bible said, according to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, he said, that, that, that those, these ones, having faith, even though they did not see the manifestation, they still had faith. It means that standing in God in spite of the odds, that is the faith. Standing with God and in God and saying, I stand with God, I believe in God's position. I stand in God's position. Notwithstanding the winds, notwithstanding the, the physical atmosphere on that subject. Whether I, I, the, 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 the mountain seems to be moved or not, I still hold on to this, my God. That is faith. That they did not see, Abraham did not see heaven in his time, but he knew that God was taken into a city whose maker and builder was God. They knew that here have we no continuity. So their lives were fashioned and patterned after that eternal life. Hallelujah. That is faith. So that thing that you so want, 
that thing that is so important to you, be it a husband, a wife, a child, or anything, that we, even a good ministry, even to be a preacher, even to be anything, even if you don't realize it in your living time, the conviction that God is there to make it happen is the act of faith. Faith being described in the context of seeing everything happening live in your time is a misconception. Joseph did not see the Israelites carrying his dead bones to the new land. But the Bible says, by faith, he gave commandment concerning his bones. So, you don't need to see the things that you are talked about so much. But you know that because God exists, and God is faithful, and God keeps his word, he will let it happen. You and I are not the determinants of God. We are not examiners of God. Let's put it that way. We don't determine whether God passes or fails. Sometimes our theology as evangelicals and faith people can mislead us and give us some wrong positions. Whatever prayer you pray, understand that it is covered by the caveat according to your will, O Lord. Don't delude yourself. Any prayer you pray, that's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth. Anything that we do on earth, you are believing God for a husband, believing God for a wife, believing God for a house, believing God even to make it in the kingdom, but thy will be done on earth. Anything you are asking, trusting God to do, a business breakthrough, but, but according to your will, thy will be done. Because without that caveat, we can, we can, we can feel frustrated. Understand, even Jesus, the Father, said the Son, the Scripture says, when he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to the Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So even Jesus understood what it meant to walk in the will of God. We are the only ones who don't know and have any respect for the will of God when we are praying, when we ask for things. When we say we are acting in faith, our faith doesn't teach us anything about the will of God. Our faith says that whether the will of God is there or not, we still have it. See, those who receive the promises, they had faith, number one. Number two, how do you access and patience? Patience. Galatians 4, 1 and 2 tells us that a child, even though he's a child, he's an heir, he doesn't enjoy it all until he's matured. Patience there means maturity. There are many of the things that we are not ready for. And God's sovereignty and his wisdom and his understanding. Sometimes we need to wait for the time. God prepares us. And we don't understand. Hallelujah. We may not understand that the scripture cannot be broken. For he makes all things beautiful in his time. God said it. I name it. I take it. Yes. But be patient. Be patient with God. For he makes all things beautiful. See, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differed not nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Verse 2. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. He was talking about the law and Israel and how God used the law to guide them to the point of receiving the promise of the eternal life, the Messiah. Hallelujah. In the same way, we also have promises. Exceeding great and precious promises that we know we can quote all 
and we have access. And they are true and they are right. But understand that you cannot exercise it fully unless there is patience, unless there is maturity. So I talked about the fact that there got to be faith, there has to be, conf- uh, there has to be patience, prayer. Now, the most exciting part for me many times is we access the blessings of God through knowledge. Second Peter 1 verse 3. Second Peter 1 verse 3. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. That's a promise. That pertain to life and godliness. How does it work? Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, this is an issue. Because we are in a generation that, number one, spiritual knowledge, we are lacking. Physical knowledge, general knowledge, we are lacking. We are not even learning from the experiences of, of, of the past generations. We, are not, we don't have inquiring minds. Even in the Word of God, when you ask people to memorize Scripture or to study the Word, it's a problem. When you ask people to tell me three parables of Jesus without making a mistake, and tell me where they are. Because it is when you understand the thing, the parables reflect the thinking of God. The principles of God. The pattern of where God, that God uses to do his things. So if you ignore the parables, you ignore that, the gospels, you ignore all that Jesus has said about God, then the Father himself. How do you ex- have knowledge? Through the knowledge, the, 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 the thing that pertains to life and godliness the good things that we are looking for and wanting to see the promises fulfilled, it doesn't come by you crossing your legs and sitting and saying, I'm born again, so all these belong to me. All things are yours. No. It comes by a conscientious desire for the knowledge of God, that I may know Him. Even if you want to have the the promise that Himself will help you to live righteous. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Of whom I made in Christ, His righteousness, sanctification, and all of that. All that it says there cannot be activated when you don't have knowledge about what it means to be righteous. When you don't have understanding about sanctification. When you don't have understanding about all the things there. The reality of that promise that I am the right... You can't just walk around and say, I am the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. What is justification? All these things. If you don't have time to study and to inquire, it will be very difficult. But for us, even as evangelicals, one of the biggest problems we have is that we don't learn from life experiences. I was teaching in the school of ministry. And I asked them, how many of you have heard of Paula Jones? And they were all sitting there. I said, how many have heard of Jennifer Flowers? And they were sitting there. Monica Lewinsky! And they were sitting there. If you don't know about it, some of these promises can miss you. Because see, we followers of those who through faith and patience inherited their promises. God says he'll save you from certain trouble. But if you don't know Monica Lewinsky, and you don't know some of the names I have mentioned, if you don't know Jim Swaggart, if you don't know Jim Baker, you don't understand all these things, I'm telling you that it will catch up with you. Because these names I'm mentioning are all, they've had issues. Certain times, and the issues they've had tell us a story that warn us and guide us in our lives. 
So you can make all the confessions you want to make, but your ignorance about life, about society, even in your own country, your lack of understanding about the, 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 the different ethnic groups in Ghana and their cultural practices, their behavior, or the way they think, can rule you in your ministry, in your faith. Your lack of understanding about the people you work with, your job, knowledge, knowledge about life is our biggest problem. And because of that, many things are hidden from us. Many young people, many older people have made a shipwreck of their faith because they did not receive proper knowledge. Just had myopic knowledge. Narrow-minded, short-sighted. So we have big dreams. We, we, we spend money on things that we should not spend money on. Things that people have, uh, we are always reinventing the wheel. Because the path that we want to go on, others have gone on our seen where the dangers have been, but we don't read, we don't research. We don't ask questions. We don't deal with the people who, who may have the insights. So we pay money and we get frustrated. And we say, oh, so this one to work. And he said, I know what I'm doing. Like one friend of mine. That was his slogan. And he's married about three or four times because he knows what he's doing. And still looking. The other day, the other time he sent me a text that he said he's coming with a new lady he has found. He's looked for two in uh, one country here. Uh, almost everywhere in West Africa he's trying to marry. And all is because he knows what he's doing. And he, to, he can speak in tongues more than everybody here. He can speak in tongues almost 12 hours non-stop. And he believes he's a man of God. But he knows what he's doing. So, even when it comes to marriage, some of the issues, some of us don't even say, well, you can't want to marry, and they say, oh, you have to go through counseling. Oh, six months, what do you do? Then you find some trick and story. You come to Pastor Bimpo, uh, I'll be traveling next week, and my beloved says, and you couch the story in a way that we have to allow when reality is dawning and by experience and by knowledge we know we have been on that path so this path you are going you are heading for destruction even though the promise is that God will give you somebody of your heart and that if you ask anything you will get there is knowledge that promise of, of making all things work all things that pertain to life and godliness it is activated by knowledge if you don't have knowledge, that, that promise is, is, is not going to work. Life. We are Sometimes even some of the people who are unbelievers, who are more expert, they know the almost Jesus said that even the unbelievers, the people of this world, they know. They understand what's going on ground. But we, we ignore it to our detriment. So we don't take any counsel, even from our own believer, senior brethren. And because of that, we fall into all kinds of traps. Then when we are in trouble, we say, it's the pastor's fault, it's the church's fault. They didn't tell me. This. And there's not enough power in the church. There's not enough this in that. And my husband doesn't pray for me like other men do pray for them. You were stubborn. You didn't receive knowledge. You believe you knew what you are doing. 
humble yourself. One, way, one hindrance to knowledge is pride. I always discuss with my wife, we talk about this thing. We say, a lot of people who don't make it in school, it's not because they don't have good IQ. It's rebellion and pride. The teacher says, this is a stick. This is another stick. Stick one plus stick two. Put it together, count it. One, two. No. Okay, I put two and I put three. Stick three plus stick two. Kaboom, when you say five. But you know, maybe Kaze, figure when you know, five. But you know, it is four. Teacher, I didn't hear five. But you know, maybe I'm a friend of four. As what they, you have defined your own mass and you are moving with it. In the same way, we define our own philosophy. We define our own sociology. We, for you, for you, you understand things the way you understand. So how can you activate the promise that says that God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness? Without knowledge. It's your stubbornness. It's your pride. That is making you not enjoy the access, the promise. The promise is there. If you will be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Some of the promises they are accessed through obedience. If you be willing and obedient, and when I say obedience, it's a broad term. If you look at Ephesians chapter two, verse nineteen to twenty-two, I'm talking about divine order obedience. Says, now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Watch it, number 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 21. In whom all the building fitly framed, watch that one, it says, together. Groweth unto the holy temple in the Lord. 22. In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God. Through the Spirit. People who don't respect spiritual order. Husbands. Parents. Pastors. Leaders. You are on the way to self-destruction. You have pressed the self-destruct button. You can't, no matter how many co- confessions of faith you have about the kingdom, you can't access it. That's divine order. Since the church is, there are certain promises of God in Ephesians 2 that are mentioned. Those promises are manifest through the body, which is the church. And the structure is built on Christ and the front, as a foundation. The apostles and prophets and the other leadership following. So if in your mind you have written off the apostolic order, the pastoral order, the prophetic order, and the, you, you, you are just there. Oh, as for me, I pray, I fast a lot. I'm 40 days, 40 nights. If I'm doing more than Jesus, I'm adding 620 to make it 60. Oh boy, you missed it. And there are many of us who have ruined our faith because we don't think we, we are lost unto ourselves. We are mistress unto ourselves. We don't understand. We are not humble enough to accept that in the spiritual realm there is a certain order. 
the divine order God has placed upon you. Be they husbands, be they parents, be they pastors, whoever, schoolmaster, whatever. Sometimes in submitting, you don't agree, but still submit. Because that's divine order. And they are accountable to God. The head of every woman is a, is a man. The head of every man is Christ. So the man, if the man is a Christian, he's, he's trying to be, he thinks he knows all. And for that matter, it's creating a situation. You, are not, you don't change the divine order. Don't change it. Let him be accountable to God. Summon him before heaven. But for you to take the law into your hands and say, I'll face him. I'll show him where power lies. It's not going to help you. And when you do that, you cannot access the promise that is there. First Peter 3, 7 says to us, my husbands must dwell with their wives according to knowledge. That is divine order. You, the man, don't bully the woman. Manage there. Show that you are more mature. You are older or you are wiser. You are deeper by the way you conduct yourself in knowledge. When you do that, the woman will respond. Even if she doesn't respond, you have the spiritual mandate to summon her before God. And say, otherwise, your prayers be hindered. So when God, the heaven, there's the, 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 the scripture that says, and the heavens will be cast to you. When your prayers have become like, the, you are fasting, you are praying, you are doing the gymnastics. You say, as I clap my hands, as I step, step my feet, you can go from whatever hour, from Jericho hour to Morocco hour, to Libya hour. You can do all the gymnastics. Have all the, 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 oh, 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 the, the man, the, the mountain of fire, uh, what's his name? That, the Nigerian man. He has some dangerous, dangerous prayers. Olukoya or something like that. And the other one, uh, the other Christ, the, the other one, always name all the witches in your house. The, the one who has that daily something. Those of you who have been buying it, you know what I'm talking about. Daily manna. Tell you always list the witches in your house and the aunties. All oh, this is just junk. It's not good scripture. Every day your enemies, your enemies. You can call your enemies and burn them in the fire and trust that that fire will burn them. It will not burn them. Because you are under a rebellion order. You access that promise by submission to divine order. This obedience, we inherit the promises through obedience. It's not just obedience that in, oh, okay, you don't lie, you don't steal, you don't fornicate, you are not committing adultery. No! Divine order. That is the structure of the kingdom. There is something called divine order. And a child of God who doesn't understand divine order is, is dangerous. I'm God, you, like Pastor Bimbo said, God has already given you a point. But because, see, because maybe you think that, oh, I am praying six hours now. Since I broke the divine order, I am now able to pray ten hours. Oh, boy. Since I broke the divine order, I am now able to pray uh, 20, 24 hours. I can fast. No, no, no. You fast, that, that will lead to frustration. You'll be like the, the prophets of Baal. Your fasting will not amount to anything because you are broken divine order. And the simple divine order is what is seen there. First Peter 3 7. You don't dwell with your wife 
according to knowledge, your prayers will not go to God. So you, you say, God says, ask, it shall be given. Seek, it shall find. Not it to be open. You are doing it. For he that asketh, receives. He that seeketh, find. It's a promise. But there's a caveat there. If you are not following the divine order, forget it. Hallelujah. So, you access the promise by faith, by knowledge, by obedience to divine order, by patience, by prayer, last but one, by multiplied grace. First Peter 1, verse 4 to 11. By multiplied grace. Sorry, Second Peter, not First Peter. By multiplied grace. What do I mean by multiplied grace? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye by partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So that is the promise there. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge. All those things that are listed up to verse 8 or 9 are these that we need to apply. We cannot remain that, oh, as for me, I'm like this, so it's, go, it's okay. God is okay with my faith. God is okay with my diligence. God is okay with my knowledge. God is okay with my, my brotherly kindness. Perseverance in increased grace. That yes, I'm doing well. But I want to know more. I want to love you more. I want to serve you better. Not being content like the apostle said in the Philippians. That the things that I have accomplished, I count as bad done. Because if we don't have that desire, that understanding, we will easily backslide. We will look on the achievements and say, oh, even with heaven, I've, I've done enough. I remember many years ago, one of our, my friends, I know he's changed his philosophy now. When we were young Christians and preachers, he used to say that I've, he fasted about 30 days. And he said, I've fasted all the fasting I have to pray, fast in my, in my, my faith. You can't fast all the fasting you have to fast. And then do it carry forward. It's not like that. Hallelujah. And he used to say, because I've done that fasting, I can even bath with the sisters and I'll be safe. But I know he's withdrawn that, so I won't talk much. Hallelujah. No amount of prayer, no amount of fasting can guarantee your, your spirituality for life. Don't say, I've memorized the whole of Matthew. Increase. Oh, ask for me. Kind, what kind of kindness have I shown? I have done all. What kind of diligence have I shown? Complacency is one of the weaknesses that makes us not enjoy the fullness of the blessing. Say amen. You know, there's something called the fullness of the blessing. Paul told the Romans in chapter 15, verse 29. He said, When I come to you, the next time, I will come with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you, you have not received much from people with spiritual authority yet because there has not been a provocation. Hallelujah. The, the, the prompting hasn't come. And the way you relate to people doesn't allow for that release. I don't say that go and give pastors money or offering and all that. No, that's not really. But even just relationship, opening up, trusting, just being there as a brother or a sister, you sit somewhere and you say, oh, hey, 
As for pastors, if you get too close, they'll know all your palavras, and one day they'll they preach with you, or they'll say something about you, and things like that. If you have that mentality, you are blocked your blessing. Hallelujah. It's not a good thing. Because there are some blessings called the blessings of the fathers. There is some blessing called the blessing of the deep. I can give you a shallow blessing. Peace and many blessings. The one of the shallow blessings. Very shallow. Peace and many blessings. Peace and many blessings. I can smile. I can look. I can but when I can, we, we, we can get into a level of engagement that certain things inside will flow. That you say, hey, I didn't know you that way. I didn't know that you could operate in these dimensions. But if we are just talking and we meet at the church and everybody is on you and you are talking, you will say that, oh, it's normal. People will say, ah, I've known, I remember recently, not too long ago, I was at a meeting with some pastors. One of my respected brothers, Reverend Victor, Victor said, and when I finished ministering to his leaders and his pastors, he said, hey, I know, I've not known you this way. I said, it's a grace. The way you, the way you open, you, you are, you, your apostolic grace opened a certain door spiritually. And because of that kind of grace, it releases certain things that have been there. The things you have, I've shared with you, Pastor Victor, they have always been there. It's just that the way you've done the thing, the meeting, the way you set up the meeting, and the standard you set, it's opened that level. And some relationship releases certain things. Some of us, some of the reasons why we are not enjoying the full blessing, we have not known how to relate to people. Especially people are, that are grace, not necessarily pastors. Even people around our family, our brethren, our, the, the, ch- the church family, we have lost relationships. Uh, there are connections and links that God has prepared that those people should solve certain problems and be there to bring certain blessings your way. But because of the way your attitude, the way you, you talk, the way you, 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 your, your, your inferiority complex, and you think that it's a form of humility, but it's not humility. If you don't understand, look at Colossians chapter 2, towards the end. I'll end up on this. From verse 19, somewhere there. Colossians chapter 2. Go up a bit to verse 17. Colossians, verse 17. Up, up, not down. Not further, reading down. Okay. Go up one more. There. He said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. You see? It looks like humility, but it's not humility. He says, and worshipping of angels is the Colossal Church. Intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly parved up by his fleshly mind. Some of the things that are happening with all this obinim and all of it, it's part of it, it's, these are the examples. Go further. And not holding the head. That means it's Christ. The whole focus is not on Christ. And the structure, or the apostolic structure following Christ, the things you've known, no. But it's all about in another thing or an institution, a tradition, and all of that. 
from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. Now go further. Wherefore, if he be dead in Christ from the rudiments of this world, why as though thou living in the world are subject to ordinances? Go on. Touch not, taste not, handle not. Which are to perish with the use after the commandments and doctrines of men. Now watch the last one. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in way worship and humility. It looks like worshiping, it looks like humility, but then it's not. It looks like that. Says, and the neglecting of the body. That is what we call in theology ascetism. Bringing, punishing the body unduly, thinking that being, doing that will please God. And it doesn't please God. And not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Hallelujah. False. False humility. It, it, it is easy to just call and say, oh, ask for me, this, this is why the church, I don't connect, I'm on my own. That's why me, I'm on my I'm, 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 No, 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 no. Don't get into that. As a child of God, don't get into that as a brother or sister. Don't do that. Stand. Even if some brother or sister offends you, try and make an attempt to make amends. Don't just call, oh, oh maybe she's too powerful or he's too powerful. So, I mean, I don't like to go and create a situation. No. If you don't make, do something and you say, wow, I'll stand, you can create progress for you. Say amen. Finally, we can never activate the, pres- the, 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 the promise of God when we don't acknowledge the things in us. Philemon verse 6, one of my favorite verses when I was a young Christian, says that the communication of your faith will become effectual by acknowledging the good things in you in Christ Jesus. That's why confessions are good. That's why looking, looking inside is always good. Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourselves. If you be in the faith. People don't examine themselves. You can't even know where you went wrong. Every time you two are thinking that you are right. Maybe God, if we look into ourselves, the Holy Spirit will tell us where we have gone wrong. Then I would rather reconcile, I would rather make amends with him. But because many times we are so positively faith, 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 we don't even have time. Most of us in our prayers, we don't even confess. We just get up in the morning. Father, I name this one, I claim it. I receive it. And then we start a three days prayer. And then we go to pastors and prophets who tell us, that, oh, this is your problem. Okay, my child seven days dry. Cocaine is 43. Next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, uh, your appointment. We are, we are friends, emergency. For five to one, any emergency. Any now pay. Hallelujah. Open emergency. So you don't look inside what is in you. And you don't see how treasure, treasures you have. Sometimes even by looking inside, you see where your shortfall is. Or you see what your potential is. Some of the things, we are, we are moving too fast. So we don't even have time to stay. To see, oh, the thing I'm looking for from that brother or sister or that prophet, actually God has even given it to me. Or it's in my husband, who is also a priest in the house. Or it's in my wife, my wife who is also a priestess, you know. And because we've seen it on TV, we've seen it somewhere, and we want it at all costs. But, just acknowledge that we, many of us 
Why are we not getting the promises? God has placed the answers by us. Around us. The people we don't regard, our own brethren, our colleagues in the ministry, in the helps, uh, prayer warriors, all of these pastors and leaders that God has given to us graciously. You don't have, you don't have an idea what God has placed in the people around you. Acknowledge that which good thing which is in you. The answers are closer than you think. The answer is closer. As we bow our heads, pray that God will open your eyes. Lord, open my eyes to see the treasures around me. In me. The promises and the fulfillment of your promise. Some of the promises have been fulfilled, but they have been waiting for your eyes to be opened to see. But you don't see. Lord, open my eyes. I want to see. The Lord told Elisha to tell his servant, Open his eyes that he may see that they that are for us are more than they that are killed. The reason why you are worried about all your aunties and you are quarreling with all your family is because your eyes have not been opened to the great hosts of army that support you. Because you, you don't know what is at work in you. And you are worried. Every day you are, you, are, you, are, you are anointing oil in your bag, anointing oil in your, in your shop, anointing oil in your office, anointing everywhere because you are afraid. You don't know that they that are in you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They that are with you are more than they that are against you. Why are you looking elsewhere for some power which cannot help you? Tend to the Lord. Say, O oh Lord, open my eyes that I may see the riches, your glory, your power, that is at work in me. Thank you, Jesus. Access the blessing. It is there. You will not be frustrated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the Lord, help us to know how to access these numerous blessings that you have placed in us through your Son, Jesus. In your word, open our eyes. When we read, may we understand. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah.